Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Gird your loins. It's time to go on vacay. Hey guys, I am your host, Lisa Hamilton. I wanted to start things off this week by saying a huge thank you to everyone who listened to the premiere episode of Vacay, everyone who, you know, threw it up on Instagram, sent me DMs. You kind of think that you'll put this podcast out into the world and maybe no one will listen to it. And to have so so many of you listen to it and give me great feedback it really means the world to me having said that I'm gonna need something from you um, not to get too aggressive but it's hard out here for a uh, independent potty like myself so wherever you consume your podcasts please subscribe leave a little review um, nice things hopefully and of course, Instagram. If you head on over to at vacay podcast, if you follow, engage, um, you know, you, you really can't take a shit in this world without starting a new Instagram page. So it's there and it's there for you guys. So would love any feedback you might have, um, people you want me to interview, things that you want me to touch on. I'm here. I'm here for you. I am here for you. Truly. All right, that's enough rambling from me. Let's get to this week's episode. It's it's a lull, I'm not going to lie. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Vacay. Today's guest is someone that I hold very dear in my heart. He's, um, some might call him Australia's most handsome hack comedian. Uh, what? <laughs> Who says that? I hate that. Uh, you would have seen him on all of the big international comedy festivals around the world. He once hosted a Geordie Shaw show that he had no idea at all what he was talking about for MTV and you'll see him all the time popping up on the project as one of their correspondents. Of course, it's Sam Taunts Taunton. Hello. Hello, Lisa Hamilton. Who says I'm Australia's most handsome hack comedian? That's No one says that, do they? No, but I just feel like with comedians, you've really got to stroke the ego. So did it work? Yeah, but hack, hack is such a negative thing to say about a comedian. You have that on your actual official bio. Because I'm being self-deprecating. But for someone else to say it about me actually hurts quite a lot. Yeah, but like it's a shit sandwich. So I've said like handsome and then hack comedian. But also handsome is another insult in itself because it's like I want to be known for my art and my creative output in the world. I just get objectified all the time. Like I like you couldn't say that. Like there's a huge debate going on in comedy. Like is comedy inherently misogynist? I think absolutely, but also like the flip side is there's like you'd never introduce a female comedian being like she's the hottest, hackest comedian in town. Well, maybe you would. I don't know. I'm so sorry that you're feeling upset by my intro. Do you want, no, do I, you want I, to do I, it? I do like it. I liked it. 
I really did. Okay, Tolan, that's the last time I'm ever going to call you handsome because it's really struck a nerve. I think you are a great comedian, though. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you to say. You do make me laugh. I I want to find out a little bit, just to kick things off because it is nearing the end of 2020, how has this whole shit show affected your work, basically? I would say very negatively <laughs> i would say the problem is you can't do live it's just started coming back um but you can't, can't really travel australia is kind of lucky that we can small shows can kind of happen um and it's gradually getting bigger but yeah i would say um not to sound too negative but i would say of all the industries hurt by covid i would say my very small niche of live stand-up comedy has maybe been hurt the most i know and i mean i see that so much that the comedians that I follow on Instagram, it really was when when everything started shutting down, it was quite dire. The comedians weren't funny. They were actually no. quite sad. <laughs> they were funny. I remember I was at Adelaide, the Adelaide Fringe Festival, and it was like um, it felt like we were just leading towards the apocalypse because <laughs> it was the final weekend of Adelaide Fringe and then there was a week off the Melbourne Comedy Festival started. And then, like, they were, everything was slowly getting cancelled, like, just slowly. Mm-hmm. And then it was, like, the AFL, they, they cancelled the Grand Prix in Melbourne and then they cancelled the AFL. And then I was, like, oh, shit. And then the Melbourne Comedy Festival got cancelled after and it was just, it was the weirdest feeling not knowing. It felt much scarier then than it does now. Like, it's, if this is our kind of Great Depression, it's not that bad. I just get Uber Eats every day and, like you know, watch YouTube videos. It's not that bad. But at the time, I was like, the world the world is over. Yeah. I mean, not to discount the the very grave situation, but I feel like I've been thriving through this pandemic. I've That's been not... having a hoot. <laughs> well, I mean, it is crazy. I've been chatting to so many people about it. And maybe this is like, if you live in a wealthy country like Australia, that's kind of been relatively unscathed. It is has been kind of a great reset time. You know, obviously bad things have kind of happened, but I agree with you. I've reached a new level level of happiness I've never had before. You know, I'm not obsessed with my career as much. I've learned more about myself by having to be like, what are you actually into? What are you like doing? Like, who are your friends that aren't kind of, you know, annoying comedic comedians? So it's been, I think, I agree with you. I've been thriving. Yeah, absolutely. And also just being able to say no to hanging out with people that you really don't like and you were just kind yes. of seeing before. That honestly has been the huge huge uptick in my life well, family included yeah well exactly because you couldn't hang out with people it was just like everyone just got a much needed rest so yeah. it was like and any relationships that were strong they've continued they've they've still but then you've just lost the dead weight i haven't seen you in a while is that <laughs> well i thought you had moved back to queensland why did you think that i thought thought you got across the border or something before it got locked down, which I was like, I remember thinking, great move by you. But it turns out you haven't, you're two suburbs away from me. <laughs> well, okay, but no, we really, I actually moved closer to you, if anything. No, I. We could have done this in person. Yeah, we could have, but as we um, discovered in our pre chat, I don't know what I'm doing. So it's probably. Mm probably better to not be in person and me be super embarrassed. No, but my, my parents live on the Gold Coast, but they're on the New South Wales side of the border. So I have oh. actually been able to, I drove up there um, and I got really sick and I had been hanging out with people on the Gold Coast because they could come, because of the bubble, they could come down 
into New South Wales. So yeah. I was having lunches and like obviously, you know, the restrictions and everything. There's no, no more than 10 of people. Course. But then I got really sick and I was like, fuck, am I going to be the girl that's brought COVID to Queensland? And tensions are already high between the two. Totally. Premiers and, and was it was this at the time when those two girls snuck in and they were on the front cover of the Courier Mail and they were shamed by the nation? Yes, and it was like it was only about a month after, and I thought I've always wanted to be on the cover of the front page of the Courier <laughs> Mail, but not this way. Totally, yeah. Not. You want to do it for your art or career. Oh, you don't want 100%. it to be to be a dirty, filthy COVID infected person. Yeah, but I was um, a negative. Did you just have a? Did you just have a cold? Yeah, I don't know what it was. I think I was hanging out with my friends who have babies, and you know how filthy babies are. They're always sick and... <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like They're she... bad to look at. Mm, yuck. It is weird when someone's sick now. I did, um, I did like, a radio thing the other day, and there was, a, the, there was a woman, the other host. She was, like, so sick. Just, like, <laughs> I was in the studio with her, and she was just, like, coughing and sneezing everywhere. And she had to, she's being like, oh, it's not COVID. And I'm like, yeah, but it's whatever it is, it's worse than COVID. I've never seen anyone this. It was, there was, she had, she kept coughing up phlegm. It was disgusting. Gross. Yeah. I get that every time I just sneeze at the shops. I've, I've fully put my whole head inside my shirt yeah. and just. You absolutely have to. Oh, you go full head. You go full turtle right in there. <laughs> um, okay. So back to the comedy circuit that was largely cut off for you and a lot of your colleagues when when you were traveling around when you were gigging i want to ask you what would you say was the most bizarre place you you had to travel to for work oh i thought you were about to say what's the most bizarre place you've ever had sex in i was like <laughs> this is one of what? those weird magazines um you can answer uh, that i don't know i've done gigs in very bizarre places maybe um uh, like um, like probably a mining town in like far north western Australia or Asia, like Malaysia, Penang, oh. India. I've done a month long tour of India. There's so many weird places I've done comedy. I've done comedy in like food courts of shopping centers. Like that's no. weirder than anything else. Like just being like someone being like, we're gonna try something. <laughs> like you stand near the the sumo sushi place or whatever it is, and and just start doing comedy, and everyone's so annoyed at you. But also, like I've, I've, food courts are like people don't feel good about eating there. Like it's a shameful, it's a shameful moment for people because it's, so it's like I'm just gonna have this like five dollar honey chicken and I feel terrible about myself. There's I don't want to be entertained. I want to put my head down and and not look at anything. You want to do your turtle thing from when you're <laughs> pretending you, you don't have COVID. <laughs> it is bad. It's like, it, it's one of the worst situations. So many comedy gigs are put on in places that they shouldn't be put on. Like a food court is a classic example. You're totally right. No one's there to be entertained. No one's there to be kind of even mildly. They, they People don't want to know they exist. They just want to eat their food and get out of there. And then imagine doing that, eating your bad like little butter chicken meal. Oh. And then I pop up. Being like, who lives in a share house? And <laughs> it's like just awful, 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 awful. Nightmare. Um, but so many comedy gigs, especially when you start, are like that. But in terms of like weirdest places geographically, I would say probably, I mean, the, I did a tour, a big tour of India, and that was truly one of the most bizarre experiences Can of you, my life. I remember, because you, I remember this from one of your specials. So you, you did a month long tour in India. 
with someone else solo was it with, part of it was part of the melbourne comedy festival they went and toured a show there and myself and two other comedians nikki Britton, who is absolutely fantastic um and david quirk another terrific comedian um an actor both are actors they're terrific we went and did a show that, and it was like the three of us and it was so truly bizarre <laughs> doing a show in like each night a different city in india and not really being able to like i thought some like australians would come or some <laughs> americans or british people but it was just indian people every night just like they didn't really understand us it was so it was so weird yeah i i want to ask did it translate did did the taunts magic translate in India? Not at first, <laughs> but by by the end, I was getting some laughs. But I talk too I talk too fast in Australia, let alone in India. I it worked out that I worked it out that in like I would do a twenty minute set, and I would do like what I would consider seven to eight minutes of material in Australia. I would do that in India, but I would just talk really, really, really slow. Stretch that and. Out. It, and it kind of worked. It kind of, but the crowds are much more. They're much more excited in India. They're much better crowds. Everyone's so like they laugh more and they clap. Whereas in Australia, everyone's just like, "What the fuck is this?" They're kind of annoyed. <laughs> so maybe India's your spot. Maybe you should. When I have thought about that. So maybe that's your place. Well, I've, I've still got a bunch of like a bunch of friends that are comedians in India, and I talk to them all the time. And I honestly think if I move there, I could, I would do really well. Like I just think I'd be the one white guy doing comedy in India and I, I'll just talk imagine me talking about Indian things like talking about you know Delhi politics or something people would lap it up it would be like you know like how people come over here and they're like from another country and we respect them and we think they're awesome but they're actually failures in their own country like Marsha Hines for example or someone like that don't or like Dicko Dicko maybe you know he's got that British accent he was on Australian Idol so but you it's like, you believe you'd be some sort of deity in in India? You'd go over there and you'd be godlike. I think I would host the Indian Bachelor, probably. Wow, you'd yeah. Be I think I would Osha. be that big in India. <laughs> yeah, would I would you... have this worldly perspective. People would be amazed by me. I'm, sh- I'm no offense. I'm struggling to to picture it, but I I think you should get on TikTok. Ooh, Are you on TikTok? I've got I don't use it. It scares me, but I've got an account. Well, that's how you can sort of dip your toe in and test the waters. Because if you get a huge Indian following on TikTok, that's your that's your testing. But how do I get an Indian following from Australia? I don't want to do an Indian accent. Do, like no. I don't want to be a white guy doing an Indian accent. Well, I mean, you probably have to go down the cricket route. Oh, all cricket centric jokes. Maybe just dress up in the in the whites, get a baggy <laughs> green. <laughs> well, and you think that would get my? I think I just save up all my money, book a flight to India, I land on the ground, and I'm like, "Where's the biggest TV station in India?" And I walk in, I'm like, "I'm ready. I'm here to save Indian TV." And you, know I could become what? a Bollywood star. Imagine Ooh. that. Oh, I don't know about that because you are white. Yes. Um, a, a girl that I went to school with, I shit you not, she was. Do you remember that SBS reality show that was like searching for the next Bollywood star? No, but it sounds um, what an Australian show. Very much an Australian show on SBS. Um, wow. 
you know, for good reason, it has largely been scrubbed from the internet because it was like there were Indian contestants, but there were also Caucasian people trying to become the next. What year was this? Oh, it was probably like 2007. It, please yeah. look it up. It's wonderful. She, so this girl from my school, she, um, yeah, a Caucasian girl, and she won being the next Bollywood star. And the prize was she got to go over to India and star in a Bollywood film. And it just never materialized because, understandably, people were really upset <laughs> because. But do you know Brett? Brett Lee is a Bollywood star. He's been in a bunch of Australian cricketing legend Brett Lee has been in a bunch of Bollywood movies. But, do, but doesn't he like he is just a Caucasian guy in these films? Like they they dressed her up and like put her in a tan. Like they. Whoa! Really? Yeah, they tried to make out that she was like she could pass as like a, a South Indian. You know how they're a bit yeah down there. And then upon reflection, everyone was like, hmm. Not, not sure. On. Not sure that's great. <laughs> and she's a paramedic now, so. Oh, that worked out. Did she do a, a reality TV show to get a job as a paramedic as well? No, I think she, she was, wants to be a paramedic. I think she was totally scarred by the, like most people are. Really, she got burnt out by the business that is Bollywood. Yeah, completely. So, it's not for the faint-hearted taunts, but I wish you all the, all the best. <laughs> I still would maybe try to do it. I, I I don't know if I want to be a Bollywood star, but I would like to be a comedian in India. I think it would be, or at least have enough of a fan base to fly in and fly out. Yeah. Well, I mean, my advice is is TikTok. Who's the the disgraced cricket player that's huge on TikTok? One of the one of wait, the ball one of the, tampering. One of the Australians. What? Yes. Not Steve Smith. David Warner. David Cameron Warner. Cameron Bancroft. David Warner. So he's fucking huge on TikTok. Is he? Like Indian TikTok. So what he does oh. is he gets his his two children and his wife and they um, they just do really famous Indian songs and just do the dances to it. And he's he, he would be making so much money from doing that. 68.6 million um, followers he's got. I just you looked just, it up. You just did a quick little search, yeah. So. He is, um, he's in India as we speak. At the time of recording right now, he's in India. Yeah, doesn't he play for one of the, the teams, one of the yeah. regional teams? So he already has like a foothold in there. And his wife does it because she's just been on this SAS show. Yes, have you been watching that? A little, little bits of it. I really like um, Shane Warne's son. Is I he still he in a, it? No, he's left. But I thought he was a hoot. I thought he was terrific. I really enjoyed the line where he said, oh, it has been really tough growing up in the limelight from such a young age. And I did question yeah. that because would we call it growing up in the limelight? Like his I think children? he's super famous. Oh, Shane Warne's in Melbourne. Everyone would know who Jackson Warne is. Yeah, I mean, that was just a bit of a stretch for me. I was like... Mm-hmm. He made me sad. He said sometimes he used to he used to wish that he wasn't Shane Warne's son. And that's all you've ever wanted. <laughs> I know, that is all <laughs> I've ever wanted. He'd also only ever eaten 10 foods before. Yeah. Did I you s- see that? I saw that and I thought, that's a bit of a, that's a, bit of a stiff on his mum. Like, surely that's Simone. offensive to her. Wow. And apparently... Shane used to go to cafes and bring his own baked beans. Odd man. Isn't that crazy? 
But you're Odd a big, man. you're a big fan, aren't you? Oh, he he could do magic things with a cricket ball. That have, guy. Have you ever? Is he the greatest ever fast bowler? Is that the? He's a spin bowler. Sorry. So he um, but he is probably he's definitely the best leg spin bowler of all time. Arguably, he's the best bowler of all time, and potentially he would be top five best cricketers of all time. And knows how to throw back a skewy, doesn't he? Yeah, and I I smoked a cigarette with him once. Really? How did yeah, you? Yeah, I was working. That? I was working on a cricket comedy show at Fox Sports and he was on the show and he was crazy. He was absolutely <laughs> insane. He turned to me at one point and said, um, he said, sometimes I feel like my life is like the Truman Show. He goes, oh. everyone just kind of knows who I am. And I was like, oh my God. Blake. And then afterwards, he finished the recording and he went and just sat in his car at the front of Fox Footy in Melbourne and was just charging cigarettes. And I don't even smoke, but I went up there and I, we just chatted. Did you have a, a few little of his cigarette? I see. He had a little puffs on his ciggy. Did yeah, because he loves smoking. Why? Why? Well, he's a sport. He's an elite sportsman. Right? I mean, yeah, but cricket and spin bowling. Oh, they not regarded as. They don't really run. They just kind of start at the um, pitch. Yeah, right. and then bowl. And they spin it. When he was on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, he um, he cut a deal with the producers and they created a separate spot out of the camera so he could go and smoke cigarettes. And they would bring cigarettes in for him. He would smoke two packs a day. I want to know what all of those secret little deals are that the celebrities make. Like they've all got their one thing that they can't do without, right? And they have to like yeah. work for a deal. I want to know what other like crazy ones there are. What would you do if you were on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? And you were like, I can't live without my headphones or whatever. <laughs> Nothing. Or my podcasting mic. I want to keep my podcast going while I'm in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. I am a slave um, to my career. Exactly. No, nothing. I'd be, I'd go all in. Actually, the one reality show that I really would love to do is Survivor. Yeah. It would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. I just think what, what a test of your resolve of your like, character to go over there and also lapalia wow yeah he's hot you'd the, want to get eyes on that i like the other lapalia the lantana one what Anthony. don't reference lantana like at 11 on a thursday i cannot with you <laughs> would you be a game player if you're on survivor um I'm not very schemy, so I'd probably go in there and be like, yeah, I've got a game plan, but I'd probably just cry, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think I'd last it would very be good. long. Like, physically, I think I'd, I'd do well, but I also get terribly hangry. Um, so That's not good at no. all. What about sleeping outside? Yeah, no problem. My parents took me camping so much when I was a little kid. I got bitten by a mosquito the other night. I left my window open and it was so annoying. I just don't know how I'd go out in the open. You are a bit I would want to be whisked off to a nice hotel or something at night, come back for the filming. Actually, I just want to host. I would want to host Indian Survivor. That's what I want to do. That's my new There we go. I reckon that's your in there. Um, Yeah. Okay, so back to India. When you were there, the, the, um, the accommodation... Can you remind me of the story with the birds? Oh, the the bit I used to do. Yes. I mean, yeah, I I, I used to do a bit. I still do it um, 
about I was I, there was I opened I was having a shower once and I opened the window. This was in India, and um, I thought the window would stop. I thought there'd be a latch on the window and it would just only prop open a little bit. Like I'm in the shower for safety reasons. And it's well, just because like normally windows don't fly all the way open because then you're just naked in a shower <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Like some windows have little latches. On yeah, a yeah, but how the... how big is the window? Like, are you seeing? Is it is it down? Small. I I reckon like a foot. Oh well, like who bother? No bother if that opens up, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I opened it and <laughs> no bother and opened to like uh, all these pigeons, like just so many pigeons, like twelve pigeons, and they were all just staring at me, like being what the fuck. And so I was like, shit. I don't want to like. There's all these pigeons. Like I don't want to see them. So I quickly went to shut the window, but then I, I got a, a pigeon stuck them. in. But well, not when you're showering. Like pi- there's so many pigeons in India, and they're all apparently they have diseases on them and stuff. But I then shut the window, but then the pigeons were like freaked out, and then one got wedged inside the door, and I just shut the pigeon into the shower with me. So then this pigeon is just flying around, going absolutely nuts in the shower with me, like going crazy. And um, I was trying to like get it out of the shower. I was trying to pick it up. And um, it was very stressful. And then I remember getting out of the shower and then um, shutting the door and then ringing the front desk and being like, there's a pigeon in my shower. And the big funny line is they said, is it your pigeon? And I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, no, it's not my pigeon. Why would I have, why would I have my own pigeon with me? And why would I be taking a shower with my own pigeon? I, I do want that to be on your rider now if you do tour India. It's just like must come with pigeon in shower. Well, if I had a pigeon in the shower when it happened, maybe he could have got the other pigeon out. Like if I had a pigeon on my team, the problem is, it's like the, all the pigeons were against me. I needed a pigeon to call my own that would like support me. Totally. But like, think about it from the pigeon's perspective. You're a foreigner. Like they don't, you probably don't speak the same language. Like they're just protecting that themselves. They don't know who you are. They're xenophobic, quite xenophobic. hundred percent. People know that about Indian pigeons. Absolutely, and they're probably annoyed at me because I've probably I'm taking jobs from Indian media professionals. Yeah. You know, I've come there. They knew I wanted to be in Bollywood, and they were like, "Absolutely not." Yeah, and it's like they've just cast all of them upon you to drive you out of India. Are you picking your nose? Yeah. No, no, I just scratched the base of it. You looked like you were going really deep there. No, I'll show you what I did. I went like that. <laughs> Like to the side base bit of it. Okay. I've got quite dry skin at the moment. I think it's because the seasons are changing. Oh my gosh. If you best put some moisturizer on that, maybe a little bit of sorbeline. Yeah, I've got to buy some moisturizer. <laughs> I don't have any moisturizer. Um, so Taunts, speaking about traveling, like it does seem yeah. glamorous when you're doing it for work, but are there moments where you perhaps get a little bit lonely on the road? Because I've, I've yes. travelled for work before and people think, oh, it's, like I've had these amazing experiences where I've been sent to LA and like all over the world and it's great, but then you like get there and you're in your hotel room and you're like, cool, I've got no one to share this with. And yeah, you've done all the, the junkety stuff and, yeah. you, and you zip around and then at the end of the day, a lot of the time you're just alone in a, in a hotel room. Yeah. And, and it is fun, but it's not as exciting as um, when you travel. This is why Anthony Bourdain killed himself. <laughs> Oh my because, god! <laughs> because 
it just you, a, a lot of the time if you experience these things and you don't have anyone to experience them with ultimately that's what human connection is all about i when you're doing comedy it's it's a little bit different because a lot of the other times there'll be other comedians with you yeah. and you can hang out i've done the junkety things and and zipped around as well and um and they are fun but you've got to try to get a little buddy i always think totally you've try if you've got whether it be someone from you know another organization that's interviewing or like just someone working there, you just got to find someone to be like, do you want to have a drink or do you want to have dinner tonight? Like, because otherwise you're totally right. You'll fly to LA or you'll fly to like, I don't know, Auckland or you'll fly to wherever. And then it's just you in a hotel room being like, oh, this is not what I thought it would be. It's it's so risky who you get paired with because one time I got sent to, I, I shit you not, I got sent to Tokyo to watch the just the trailer of Scarlett Johansson's new movie, the one... Just that, the trailer? Just the trailer. What, um, so like two minutes? Yeah, and there was a big, huge underground, like very cool Tokyo warehouse party. And she was there and the director was there um, and they played the trailer and then I was there for five days. Like I got a, I was flown business class. And luckily there was another journalist there that I got to buddy up with. And that was a great experience. But this other time I got sent to San Francisco yeah. to, and I'm, I was never going to say no to this because you're not going to say no to a trip to San Francisco, but it was to play a new video game. And oh. as, as you may you know, I have guessed. I'm not really a gamer. Um, I would say all tech would be a struggle for you, judging by how hard it was to get this podcast going. <laughs> I absolutely couldn't hear you and you were coming through the headphones that weren't on my head. <laughs> You didn't put the headphones on. <laughs> and you're like, it's not working. It's not working. I'm like, damn, you sound really tinny. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was super interesting and, like, not a slight on gamers, but the other gamers that were sent there, I would say... Social skills probably weren't weren't their mm, thing, and absolutely. and you know the when you take media to on these trips, the the companies really wine and dine you, and so once you get a few free drinks into these gamers, the social skills are, are dialed up, but in a weird way. So I had this one guy who got very very drunk. I think probably for the first time in in quite some time, and he added me on Twitter and I had gone to bed at this point and he was messaging me, asking me if he should go and meet all these people from Grind, all these guys from Grindr, whether, and just like a barrage of messages. And, and I've got to did say, he do it? I don't know. I don't, I've like met the guy for five minutes and he wanted my advice on whether he should go fuck all these guys in San Francisco. Full on first conversation. Yeah. So... I would say that was a pretty interesting uh, work trip, but you can, it can I get think strange. that's better than just sitting alone in a hotel somewhere. I want. I did last year. I went to South Korea for twenty four hours. Oh, and um, and I buddied up with Richard Wilkins, that's in the Today Don't Show, the, the gossip guy, and um, we got so drunk, and he said some of the most incredible things to me. Um, at one point, he said to me, "Commercial TV is stronger than ever." And I was like, what are you talking It's like, what are you talking about, Richard? I was like, you're just a 70-year-old guy that's been in TV forever. Like, the world was moving past him. And then he said so many other bizarre things that I can't say 
um, into a microphone. But it was truly one of the most bizarre experiences of my life. Walking down that street with all the K-pop um, artists, like busking, oh. like all the like the sure. the next kind of BTS guys or whatever, and um, and just me and Richard Wilkins just talking, shooting the and shit, just chatting, and then drinking like soju and eating fried chicken. And then having a very long lunch till our flights the next day. It was so weird. Did so you weird. did you get lit together? Yeah, like we did. I was so we didn't go home till about two or three in the morning. Then at nine a.m. we both did our interviews, and then we started a lunch at eleven with um with another British journo who was there. Like we did that thing. We just kind of buddied up with whoever was there, and then I we kept drinking till like my car came and picked me up at like six and took me to the airport. Wow. So, like, Richard Wilkins, he was your buddy. He was my buddy, but he wouldn't remember me now. That's sad. It's almost like this one moment of in time that you'll never get back and people might not necessarily believe you, but you've got the memories. Well, so that's why <laughs> I would say people wouldn't believe me because I was literally in for 24 hours, flew in, had this crazy night with Richard Wilkins, and then, I like, the next day kept drinking so it was all kind of a bit of a blur like a bender blur and then i rushed to the airport get on my plane and then it's like 10 hours from seoul to sydney and uh, this is like the one time in my life i've ever flown business right every other time i'm down the back of the plane with all the you know regular it's people. nice isn't but it? this was my one time at business i was so excited and so i get up there and like i'm so drunk and i, I order a whiskey <laughs> and the, and the bed like folds down and next thing i know i'm getting a tap on the shoulder and i'm in sydney and I was like, damn yeah. it. Right. So I've just missed my whole whole trip with business. Right. And then it's I land in Sydney at 6 a.m. It was like 8 p.m. in Seoul when I took off. And I land in Sydney. And so I get out and I get in like an Uber or whatever. And I get back to my house. And it's like, and I just go to the cafe and I get a coffee. And I'm like, what? That was the craziest 24 hours. <laughs> I was like, that didn't even happen. And I was like, was I partying with Richard Wilkins? And then I, I put my hand in my pocket and I pulled out Richard Wilkins' business card. And oh I was like, my oh gosh. my God. It, it was all, all real. It did happen. Yeah. Oh gosh. And I've I I since showed someone the business card. They remembered the number, and I think they prank called Richard once. So I think I'm not. <laughs> You've been cut <laughs> so off I think from the I, inner circle. Oh, big time! I don't think I'll ever be able to talk to him. Again. I sent him an email once asking him to do because he said he hadn't heard of podcasting. I remember no, being like. I remember being like, you should do a podcast. And he was like, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what a podcast don't. is. I've never listened to one. And um, I was like, well, let's do a podcast together. And he was like, sure, absolutely. Let's do a podcast. Um, and me being drunk in Korea, I was like, this is for this real. This will like, happen. Gonna this is hundred percent going to happen. Yeah. So I sent him a follow-up email and he never um, responded. And then I sent him a text when he got COVID don't. and he didn't respond either. What? No, don't. <laughs> what did you say? I think I said, hey, mate, heard you got COVID. Fingers crossed with everything. I'm sure you, you'll be okay. Taunts. I thought we were friends because we had this big – it was a big moment in my life, this big day. Didn't he get it a couple of times? Like he – it really he got hung it around. It hung around. Yeah, because he got – he tested positive. That was the big Today Show, Channel 9, the first outbreak there because of – Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Hanks. Mm. Hanks was Hanks a super spreader. Gave it to him. Yeah. And, and he, he, um, and he, he was in the danger again. zone. Of course. Absolutely. We must protect him at all costs. He got it again, did he? I didn't know he got it again. Well, That's scary. My information might not be correct here, but he, te- he got tested like at the two weeks and then they were like, well, you've still got it. 
and it like hung around for a little bit longer than than he probably would have liked. Poor Dicky. Imagine know. if we lost if we lost Richard. I don't like to think about that. That would be enough for this country to take it seriously, I think. Oh, completely. I I interviewed his son, Prince Wilkins, um, oh, just okay. just as he was coming out of of Rona, of having COVID, and it was uh, an IG live interview, and he's a showman. He was popping up in the comments section. He was. Because I Richard was yeah Richard Wilkins was knew how to comment on an oh. IG live well, because of course my first point of call when I was interviewing his son was like is your dad okay I need to know and he was popping up in the comments going hello all's well here <laughs> <laughs> and he was That's just cool. in the other room but that also makes me feel like he was lying to me about the podcast thing if he knows how to comment on an Instagram live video yeah sure as hell he knows how to download and listen to a podcast he just didn't want to do one with me. I didn't want to sort of allude to that, but yeah, I think for now it's probably not going to happen. I'm sorry, Tom. I mean, yeah. And then when he didn't answer my calls or reply to my text messages, I should have seen that as well as a sign that he doesn't want to hang out. I'd give him another text message now. Maybe enough time has passed. Maybe fire one off and just just see. Done. Love that. <laughs> um, okay, Taunts. I, we have to wrap up. Like that's that's our time. Oh, okay. Are you, sure. Are you okay? Is that it? Yeah, that's. No, okay. that's that is fine. I thought it would go longer though. I had scheduled in a bit more time. Oh well, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. I, um, as you know, I've moved to the inner west. It's a new vibe. Are you liking the inner west? Not really. Oh. No. Really? Only because I. As a GC gal, I like being near the beach and it's just But you're, aren't you like, I don't want to say the suburb you live in into your podcast, but aren't you... Don't unleash the all, furthest, this, all the psycho super fans on me. Aren't you the there. furthest east in the inner west? Yeah, it's probably, I'm a cusper. What beach would you go to from where you are? I've, I've recently been going to Maroubra, but I think I might need to cut that out because there's some most unwell people there i was approached by a man wearing jeans and sneakers the other day and i thought i wear jeans and sneakers all the time at the, at the beach oh like on the he's on the sand uh, on the sand he approached yeah. me in in a full jean and I don't like that. and a full sneaker well obviously red flags from the get-go and he said to me do you know where i can get a beach umbrella Fucking hell. Psycho. That's a lot to unpack there, isn't it? I know. So In Maroubra, mm-hmm. what does he need a beach? That's not a beach umbrella type type beach. Well, you ob- go for a swim, you go for a surf. Yeah. Get out of there. I immediately went to, do you want a beach umbrella to murder me? I thought that's what he was asking. Do you know where I can murder someone? That's yeah. what beach umbrella meant. I do you know a good place to murder? <laughs> I'd actually say Maroubra would be a pretty good place to murder of all the suburbs well, the, in Sydney. Yeah. I would dare say a lot of murders have gone down there. Mm-hmm. It's been a hot spot. It's been a bed of crime for the last 40 years. Totally. Um, Bra boys. Do you miss the eastern suburbs? Yeah, I do. I do. But you used to live around those parts too. I did. But I feel like it was a momentary lapse. I loved it and I would like to go back. 
but I still love the inner west. But you're a, I mean, you're not originally from Melbourne, but you are, you're a Melbourne kind of guy, right? You lived there for so long. I lived in Melbourne, but I'm not from. No, Melbourne. you're a, you're a Sydney guy, but you, you reek of Melbourne. <laughs> Do I? Yes. I've, I've said this That's to you crazy. before. You are very Melbourne. You don't think so? I think I'm Sydney. I just like the inner west. I sometimes get teary about how much I like the inner west. Like on a hot day, walking down the top of like King Street to Animal Road, everyone's in pubs and it's like really hot. I love it. I think it's terrific. But I love all of Sydney. I truly think Sydney's such a great place. Here I was thinking that you just wanted to get back to Melbourne at any, at any chance. No, 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 no. I do like Melbourne. They're both good. I don't know. Everyone is whinges about either one. I think they're both good. No, if you I... had to leave, they're two of the best cities in the world. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a part of this like Melbourne versus Sydney. I think they both have their merits. Um. Yeah. And I don't want to be shitting on them right now. They've just. I've been shitting on them because oh, okay. I don't like. I really don't like their attitude. <laughs> To this whole kind of thing They've, The whole time they've been like oh, Do you remember in the hype when they were locked down They were like don't post pictures at the beach or at the pub Think about us It's like how about you fucking get some humility You entitled You have no choice You should be grateful they were getting like, locked down Like if you lived in Melbourne you should be grateful Other countries, you know what their solution was When there was an outbreak, die That's what other countries did They were like just get it and die Melbourne, lucky enough to be locked down Look at them now, they don't have it They should be grateful I'm off Melbourne <laughs> Taunts, fucking speak honestly, on it. I just think they're just like it's just so funny that they like on Twitter as well. You see people. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I've seen a few screenshots. Were you people banned? like are making a few. No, no, no. It was just good for my mental health to get off because everyone else is a crazy on Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, everyone just being like, uh, if you say anything against Melbourne, everyone in Melbourne is like, bad take. How could you? Like, you should be grateful, Australia, for what we're doing. It's like, how about you don't obey the rules and don't get COVID, you know? Wow. I mean, it's it's a contentious issue and it sounds like you've got a fucking a lot to say. But the good thing is it did work, right? It did work. It's great. Well, we needed to work for the rest of the country. Absolutely. And, you know, we're out of that now, hopefully. I Fingers crossed. We're about to open the border. Our queen, Gladys, has just opened it. And... Hi. um. And I think it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. I'll, I'll follow that woman wherever she w- wants me to go. Are you a bleeding heart Gladys? What's, what are her followers called? The Gladys? I don't know. Gladionites? I don't know. But she, um, no, I think she's, you know, she's a, a liberal politician. But my God, <laughs> I've enjoyed her. I have enjoyed her work over the last six months. It has been, been entertaining. So, so entertaining. And then the last two months, obviously. When she got caught having sex, well, a five-year relationship with Daryl Maguire. I was chatting to a guy from Wagga the other week, and he said that guy's just, everyone knows him, and he's just the most crooked man alive. Like, everyone known, but no one could have seen that he was fucking the premier. Like, unbelievable stuff. Yeah, but it's that thing. It's like sometimes the bad guys are the best D, you know? It's right. It's totally. like a moth to a flame. Women can't resist it. If they could be the biggest douchebag, most crooked guy, but BDE. They want the bad boy. Yeah. I, what can I say? It's like I, I totally understand it. He's he's foul to look at, but might be packing heat. <laughs> 
That's way worse if he's just got an absolute hold on him. And it's and that's why. Imagine if Gladys said that in the ICAC inquiry. She's like, yes, he was corrupt. Yes, he tagged me in on the emails. But he had a machine in his pants. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, but it totally makes sense that he would have he'd be totally packing because you don't make those bold, outlandish decisions unless you're so confident in yourself and you have a huge plonker. Plonker? <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. I like plonker. Plonker's <laughs> awesome. I hope he's got a plonker because that's all he's got left. <laughs> he's been stripped of everything now. So um, hopefully his plonker will keep him warm at night oh my gosh okay that feels like a really good place to um to wrap this up taunts i want to give you a little moment to shout anything out where can people catch you your comedy what are your handles how do people get the taunts experience just keep an eye on the indian bollywood scene (laughs) and you'll see me popping up very soon i'll be there and it won't people won't like it there'll be controversy but i'm going to take that industry by storm Fortune favours the bold. Also, I'm on Instagram. You can find me. What's... I have a podcast as well, if anyone wants to listen to it. It's called The Good Stuff with my friend Tom Cashman. Um, amazing. I'll have to check that out. And what's your handle? Two straight white men <laughs> solving the world's problems. Well, that's just what, what we is. need right now. Exactly. <laughs> um, Sam Taunton is my handle. That's so lucky for you that you could get that handle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the only one, apparently. There's me and a boat builder in England called Sam Taunton. Um, but he um he's not really interested in social media or comedy, thank God. So I get the um I get it all. He's not coming for your crown? No, no, he hasn't even done an open mic. He's pathetic. What a loser. <laughs> Just building <boats>. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, Taunts, thank you so much for joining me. Um hopefully I'll see you around the traps. Sometimes. Well, I'm going to walk the 200 metres over to your house and say hi soon. Yeah, please do. I might not be here. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll call in advance. All right. Thanks, Taunt. See you later. See ya. See ya.